canteen and a hotel booze. In Pickaxe, thanks to the K Fund, we have cultural, medical, and educational facilities that... She stopped for breath, and at that moment, Coco delivered an ear-splitting, Yow! His bedtime snack was twenty minutes late. That's it, Hixie cried. That's the answer, the name of our celebration. Pickaxe now! Thank you, Coco. I'll see that you get full credit. No, no, Quillerin protested. Just say that the answer came to you in a dream. The next day, the name of the forthcoming celebration was flashed across the front page of the Moose County something, with Hixie Rice crediting a member of her committee who wished to remain anonymous. Only to her friends did she admit that the name came to her in a dream. Quillerin first heard the convenient myth from his next-door neighbor. He and Weatherby Good, the WPKX meteorologist, occupied adjoining condos in Indian Village, an upscale residential complex on the north edge of Pickaxe. Hey, Quill, how'd you like the news? They've found a name for the celebration, and it's a terrific one. It's going to fire up local enthusiasm. Folks have been dragging their feet over the sesquicentennial thing, and you know what? Pickaxe now came to Hixie in a dream, although she's hushing it up. Is that so? Quillerin remarked. Yeah, she's one terrific gal. Well, I've got to go to the station and see if the piano's in tune. So long. Weatherby, real name Joe Bunker, entertained his weather listeners by singing Stormy Weather or Sunshine of Your Smile or Blue Skies. There had been a reason why Pickaxe could not or would not emulate the clever slogan of Burr's anniversary. It was a matter of pride, trivial though it might seem to outsiders. Pickaxe was bigger, but Burr was older. The antagonism was felt even at soccer games, after which fans always rioted, that is, until the sheriff started attending with his dog. It all started circa 1850, when the first settlers arrived in sailing ships and made camp on the shore of a natural harbor. They called it Burr, B-U-R-R, a good Scottish name. When a sign painter made a mistake on an official sign spelling it B-R-R-R, since it was the coldest spot in the area, the residents, with good pioneer humor, decided to keep it. Fifty years later, when the territory became a county, the town of Burr expected to be the seat of government. But the founding fathers were obliged to look ahead and choose a central location for the county seat. Now comes the romantic part. The government surveyors assigned to choose a site happened upon a rusty pickaxe wedged in a tree stump at a point where two trails crossed. And that is how the county seat became known as Pickaxe City. The historic artifact that inspired the name was now exhibited in the city council chamber. But that was way back when. There were great accomplishments to celebrate in Pickaxe now. Quillerin also heard the handy myth from Polly Duncan, the chief woman in his life. She lived in a condo three doors away, but they ended each day with an 11 p.m. tete-a-tete by phone. She had recently exchanged a career as director of the public library for a new challenge as manager of a bookstore. Both jobs made one privy to the latest rumors, and Polly always passed them on to Quillerin. He himself was not prone to gossip, but he had no compunctions about listening, especially if the scuttlebutt came from an impeccable source, such as Polly. On this phone chat, she said, 
everyone's delighted with the name of the celebration. It was said to be the result of a committee brainstorming, but there's a rumor that it came to Hixie Rice in a dream, and I tend to believe it. How about you, Quill? Astutely, he replied, The important thing is what, not how. The name puts an auspicious slant on the celebration. You're so right, dear. What do you think I should wear to Mildred's dinner on Sunday? If the weather continues nice, she might serve on the deck. If she does or if she doesn't, I'd like to see you in your new blue pantsuit. Blue enhanced the freshness of her complexion, the sparkle in her eyes, and the silvery glints in her well-coiffed hair, which may or may not be attributed to her belief in broccoli, leafy green salads, and a banana a day. Eat your broccoli, she would remind Quillerin when they dined out. Are you taking anything to the party, Quill? A bottle of something. Pick you up at one. I'll be ready. Come in and say hello to Brutus and Kata. Good night, dear. A bientôt. A bientôt. Quillerin was grateful that Polly had survived the stress of a major job transition and was her amiable self again. The four neighbors who met to have Sunday dinner were comfortable friends. The hosts were Arch and Mildred Riker. He was editor-in-chief of the Moose County something. She was food editor of the paper. The two men had been chums since kindergarten in Chicago. Their rapport was casual, to say the least. The weather was pleasant, and they had cocktails on the deck. Sherry for the women, squunk water with cranberry juice for Quill, a martini for Arch. Polly raised her glass in a toast. Here's to the beautiful people. Don't forget Arch, said his old friend. Huffing testily, Arch said, We got a blistering letter from one of your devoted readers complaining about your repeated use of the C-word in your column. He's threatening to cancel his subscription. Let him cancel. I know him, and he's a cat hater. There are twelve million cats in Moose County, and I happen to live with two who are smarter than he is. Mildred said, Maybe you should set him straight, Quill. Write him a strong letter. You're good at that. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Mildred. But it's unsportsmanlike to engage in a battle of wits with anyone who is obviously unarmed. Bravo, said Polly. I hear we're going to have an heirloom auction as part of Pickaxe now. Mildred squealed with excitement. And an arts and crafts show and three parades. It's going to be so thrilling. Polly concurred. And Hixie's name for the celebration is brilliant. The committee had been floundering around for months, and the name suddenly came to her in a dream. That can happen, Quillerin said quietly, suppressing a chuckle. The way it's shaping up, I can expect a deluge of ideas for the quill pen column, and I won't have to go through trash barrels. Arch jumped in. How about writing three a week instead of the usual lazy two? Only if I get a fifty percent raise. The joke was, of course, that Quillerin was the richest individual in the northeast central United States. His freak inheritance of the vast Klingenshain fortune based in Moose County had brought him to the North Country, and his disinterest in money had caused him to turn it over to a philanthropic foundation. The K Fund, as it was chummily called around town, had been responsible for most, if not all, of the improvements being celebrated during Pickaxe Now. Polly said, The problem will be to focus on the stimulating present without neglecting the nobility of the past. That said, they all nodded thoughtfully, 
and went indoors for one of Mildred's delicious dinners. She was, after all, the food editor of the Moose County something. Mildred served watercress consomme, pot roast with an exotic sauce, and small potatoes steamed in their skins. Polly said, There's nothing to equal the flavor of Moose County potatoes. We all know why, said Arch. A potato farmer was using them to make hard liquor during Prohibition, and the revenue agents caught them and poured it all on the ground. Pass the potatoes, Millie. She said, Do you know why we have so many potato growers in Moose County? They came from Ireland during the Great Potato Famine in the 19th century. There was a blight on the crop, and a million Irish died of starvation, disease, or drowning when they tried to escape in leaky boats owned by unscrupulous profiteers. Sorry, once a schoolteacher, always a schoolteacher. The other three talked at once, protesting that it was all very informative. And how is cool Coco? Mildred asked. He has a new hobby. After a lifetime of making carbon copies, I finally broke down and bought a photocopier, a desktop model. Coco is fascinated. He stares at it for hours, waiting for it to light up or play music. If nothing happens, he extends a cautious paw and presses a button. Coco is so smart, Mildred gushed. Or crazy, Quilleran said. Mildred said, I hear there'll be several family reunions during the summer, and I thought I might run a series of features on the food preferences of each group, with recipes. She looked at Quilleran speculatively. Would the K-Fund be interested in publishing a cookbook? Absolutely, and I'll volunteer as official taster. Polly reported that one of the staffers at the bookstore, a volunteer at the Humane Society, had proposed an auction of homeless cats rescued by the shelter. Mildred.